Hello, this is Christina Roberts Anna King, and I am here to welcome you to the Real Eyes Realized podcast. This is a podcast that highlights everyday people making ripple effects, actualizing love in their families, communities, and our world at large. This podcast was created to amplify the voices of those who are creating change in our world with this inner knowing, this truth telling that is deeply inspiring to listeners so that together we can spread the good work of positive ripple effects throughout the world. Realize Realize is a, is a show where life and service can dance together. So we look forward to inviting you to take a listen, sit back, or take us with you on your walk or drive or however you enjoy your podcasts. But I invite you to listen deeply. We're here with our guests to hear about the sparks that have inspired action and heart-centered service and truly highlight ways in which we can also be motivated and inspired to create positive ripple effects in our world. And we are prepared to get real. We're excited for you to hear these stories of vulnerability, courage, and empathy. And we want to know more about how we can see beauty through the eyes of these beautiful beholders. So look forward to hearing what your thoughts are. And again, welcome. Welcome to this wonderful next episode with our very special guest. So welcome, Manoj, and thank you for being here. Is there any additional grounding invocation that you would like to do? I also want to invoke uh, Ganesh, the yogic deity for grounding. He resides in our root chakra, the muladhara, that connects us to the earth. And he's for new beginnings. We're always beginning new in the hero's journey. Very similar to the Roman archetype, Janus, with two faces, Janus is shown. One face is the past, another is the future. We remember the past, but we don't dwell on it. We always grow. And it's like a spiral, a Fibonacci or a golden spiral in the hero's journey. It's not circular. We always keep growing. And the mantra to Ganesh to embark on this journey is Om Gam. Ganapataye Namaha. Om Gam. Ganapataye Namaha. Om Gam. Ganapataye Namaha. Jai Ganesh. Jai Ganesh. Welcome. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. You know, Manoj, I was reflecting back. So our very first podcast was launched by you and your sweet, lovely wife, Jyoti. And that was purposeful. It was purposeful that we were going to begin this ability to have the conversations around positive ripple effects with two of the individuals that have had such a huge impact on me and others in this world. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that from our beginning, which was how do we dance between the raindrops, right? The karmic raindrops. And so much has even happened in your own life. And we'll, we'll touch upon that. Um, but what I wanted to first of all do is introduce you to our listeners for those who may not know Dr. Manoj Chalam. Manoj, oftentimes people call him the spiritual stand-up comedian because what he does is he uses a uniquely entertaining, interactive storytelling style using Hindu, Buddhist, and Buddhist deities in his workshops to eliminate bhakti practices as well as deep non-dual philosophy. He teaches at yoga festivals, events, and he has an ashram for whoever wants to listen. 
Manoj uses these deity archetypes to help people in their own hero's journey, as was elucidated by Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung. He's an Indian-born scientist with a PhD in chemical engineering from Cornell University. And Manoj helps individuals finding their own way, teaching the five practices to work with their archetype as a spiritual practice. He's also compiled a book about the symbolisms of these deity archetypes. So Manoj, we're so excited for you to be here today. I know that you are a teacher. You've been doing many things, even from your own home, which is now the ashram with which you teach. So I'm really curious, as I'm sure our listeners are too. You talked about the hero's journey in our introduction. Tell us a little bit about where you feel you are on your own hero's journey. Wow. I like, uh, you know, first of all, it's best to use more I statements and make it uh, personalized, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita did not tell Krishna, data shows that 90% of people are have shadows or fucked up, you know? <laughs> It's a, I don't think Sanskrit has swear words, but what, is that okay to use? Uh, this is a. It's, this is we're not going to bleep you, um, but it is something that is uh, oriented to all people to access. So let's just give everyone a heads up. We might have a couple of little swear words from time to time, and it's all part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know. <laughs> all uh, words are open. Uh, not, uh, <laughs> be honest. I went custom playing pickleball, which is interesting. <laughs> But I think I can get away when I'm old, fat, brown with an accent. You can get away with a lot of shit, right? So um, so the hero's journey uh, is applicable to everyone. Uh, where I am is more in the collective phase. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about me. It's about anyone I engage with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... Uh, in Sanskrit, the word for world is jagat, but it's the world we encounter or engage with. Mm -hmm. So when you wake up in the morning, you reboot your body, mind, but you re reboot the world. The world doesn't exist un unless there's a conscious observer. It's like a tree falls in the forest, right? So anyone I meet in my life, be it at the grocery store or playing pickleball or when I teach, you know, I try to elevate them. Like you elevate me, I elevate you, Christina. So the hero journey to me is uh, become more a collective one. So in the beginning, we had the Western model, right? Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. But it really doesn't jive with the spiritual teachings of, uh, you know, Vedanta, which, you know, like what happens when you stop thinking, you know, when you don't have thoughts? Doesn't mean you don't exist. That's silly, right? right? So Vedanta would say, I am, therefore I think. So the consciousness is a foundation of everything. Mm. But then Desmond Tutu, who I know you get inspired with, yes. he would say, we are, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm in that phase of the hero journey where the individual and the collective, you know, it's not less about me now. It's more about people. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And was there a catalyst in some way that brought you to this place? Um, maybe you can give us a few maybe markers in your own hero's journey, because I don't know if everyone is born into this collective spirit. Maybe we have to go through the initial I am, which might feel a little more egoic. And then we get to where you are. Can you tell us a bit more about your journey? Yeah, great question. Um, 
So like you, you know, I, I, I know you have a master's in engineering and even a Six Sigma. I remember we talked about That's that. Right, so, master Black Belt, baby. <laughs> and I didn't uh, rise up to that level. I was a green belt. Um, when I was a GE, I think you were a GE too. I was at GE early days. Yeah, I was telling my son the other day, I interned at NASA first. And he said, Mom, why aren't you at NASA anymore? That's such a great job. And I said, well, you know, it was working for the government. And for me, I realized early that I needed more deadlines. And then I went to GE and I got the deadlines that I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was when Jack Welch, right? You had to be number one or number two or you were out. Oh, I, and Jack Welch was a PhD chemical engineer. So a GE was like shape up or shift out, shift exactly. out was a revolving door. But I was like very much in that mindset, which was more Descartes. You know, I think therefore I am very left brain, ego, mm-hmm. thinking I'm in charge, and that's fairly typical for most people in the hero's journey. Um, in the first quadrant, uh, you know, you go through life. We're almost being conditioned, uh, like NASA is a cool job or G is a cool job. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, get all these uh, signs that things are not quite what they seem. Mm-hmm. And with me, it was, uh, you know, not uh, feeling happy anytime, even after I accomplished something, I would feel happy for like 15 minutes, you know, yeah. and that's the, there's a next new thing. So we get on a roller coaster. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you need like, uh, you know, uh, untoward events in your life um, to shake things up, right? Like yes. a, what I call a Kali moment. So smooth waters never makes a skillful sailor. So, You know, when I look back, I've had so many uh, such untoward incidents. uh, And that really what started me on the spiritual path about 22 years ago. uh, uh, You know, uh, where in psychology it's called learned helplessness. Whatever I tried, you know, didn't work. Even if it worked, it didn't give me lasting joy. So you keep getting whacked by life. Mm -hmm. And... uh, because I was operating from ego and a strong ego. It's all about me. And my Zenith was, I became a CEO of a tech company and I got fired by my angel who gave me, gives me a million bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so all that self-esteem I had built up like a sand castle got washed away by Kali, the ocean for a good reason. Yes. Okay. So that was one seminal moment where I got into the spiritual journey and I started as a business. I would import all these uh, statues. You see some of them behind me. Yeah. The deity archetypes, the The deity archetypes. So I started purely as a business. Actually, my wife Jyoti had started and uh, soon the spirituality just sucked me in, you know, Uh, and then I met you and other good people and uh, actually learned from my customers and I got influenced by Deepak Chopra. I started to teach at his uh, retreats. That was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I always felt he was heading the, uh, you know, I'm grateful he got me on the journey with the archetypes. But uh, he was more with the celebrities, the rich folks, uh, because, you know, that's who they could afford attending his retreats. He would charge like 10 grand for a few days, you know. So his nickname was Deep Pockets Chopra. Yeah. Uh, so, but I felt more with the people, you know, like 
an average person I would connect with. So I started to do workshops on my own, totally indebted to Jyoti, my wife, who got really got held my hand through my whole hero's journey. Yeah. She's always been spiritual. So slowly I evolved uh, into spreading the light, spreading the Dharma. None of these teachings are mine. These are coming from the scriptures. So I can't claim ownership. There's no patent on the Vedic teachings. It's like patenting gravity. But then uh, another shift happened to more a collective one when um, Jyoti passed uh, a year and a half ago from cancer. Uh, very unexpected, but then, you know, the whole uh, from diagnosis to passing away, she hung in there for one and a half years with grace, with grace. Yeah. Even when she passed before that, we had a big, you know, thing at home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people came and then a big Zoom call. So that was 35 years of my marriage, you know. Yeah. And I, that was another seminal moment to me where now I'm alone in this house. And it, I came to the realization that it's more a collective journey. It's mm -hmm. uh, less about me. Uh, you know, so I opened my house. I literally... Uh, moved my ashram home and you've been to my temple earlier Christina yes I have where we used to do retreats and I used to get 40-50 people from all over the country but I moved everything home two weeks ago mm. and uh, I had my first event last Saturday on the hero's journey nice and that was a sacred uh, spiritual stress test to see how much how many people I can fit in <laughs> we had like count 36. 36? That's yeah. lovely. Look, uh, you know, I don't charge uh, for teachings, uh, but what I'm grateful is um, people give me their attention span, yeah. you know. In it's the most sacred days, resource of all, right? Time this, and attention. In these days of shrinking attention span, deep attention is a real currency. So, you know, you got to give back somewhere. So I'm, you know, the art selling the statues uh, is a business, but the teachings is uh, seva. So you've got to give some back somewhere to the community. So I'm even more determined to do more events at home. Uh, another big change is to doing a pilgrimage to India because mm -hmm. that's a natural outcome of uh, these deity archetypes. Because yes. the hero's journey is all these deities but going to India on a pilgrimage uh, blows it out of the water because every deity and pilgrimage spot can be a hologram of totality. Mm -hmm. So you, you never know which one can hit you, you know. So that's where I am right now in my life. It's a spiral, you know. It's a what I call a Fibonacci golden spiral where you're always expanding, you know. Yes. yes. Uh, you don't always go back expanding. to where you started. Yeah, it's interesting. There is a, a quote that I had heard a time ago, and it was like, if you don't grow, you go. And so this whole notion about in life, right? This is, we are on the journey and the journey, the quest, if you will, the seeking is to learn and to grow and to be the best version of ourselves for the greater good of this world. I believe anyway, it's what my teachings and my teachers have taught. Um, and I almost wonder I, I just, I say this with love. Um, Jyoti 
you know, left this world, this particular material world. And I think that her growth is happening, happening from a different angle now. And I just, I don't know, I feel her in different ways. And so I know that she's with us here today in the spirit that she is, but how do you, how do you feel her in, in, in your life as you are going continually on, on this collective journey now? Yeah. So the part I really miss about her is uh, I watched her hero's journey from a simple uh, woman who hardly spoke English, mm. uh, you know, grew up in Kerala. And that was 35 years ago to this amazing spiritual teacher with like impeccable uh, Queen's English, you know, mm. unlike me who cusses every time. <laughs> she was the proper lady, wasn't she? <laughs> she was totally proper. She would have that high tea in the afternoon, a tea in the morning, uh, very dharmic, you know, she would uh, do the right thing always. Yes. So that's the part I miss the most as a, uh, I think less of the earlier parts of our marriage, more on when we would teach together or I would just be in awe listening to her. Yes. Um, the So those feelings come, you can't help, uh, you know, they just come and I allow them to, you know, encapsulate me and then it passes. Yeah. Um, but we got to, as Janice's two faces, you got to look forward, okay? Yes. So Jyoti is with us as Atma. She is consciousness. And uh, she would, uh, if she were here, she would be smiling. But Atma is always a force for the good. The word Shiva means the auspicious nature of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So that's who she is. She's the auspicious nature of consciousness, especially, you know. Yeah. So she would totally approve of where you're going, Christina. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel so, so blessed. You know, I think it's interesting too, uh, even though the show will air at a later date in April, today, March 8th is International Women's Day. Yes. I find that that is, you know, we can talk about coincidence or synchronicity of that. But I also know, aside from having an amazing, amazing woman next to your side with Jyoti, you also have an incredible daughter. Janita. And I'm wondering how much of your journey in terms of how that feels now being kind of this, not solo parent, but you're the one here in this world. How is that going with you and Janita? Yeah. So that's the legacy of Jyoti. Janita is a great singer like Jyoti. She's been singing since the age of four and she's also a philosopher, you know, at heart. And uh, she's very grounded, exactly like Jyoti. So Janita is very good for me. I rely on her for a lot of stuff. Uh, she's like almost like my consiglera, you know, using a mafioso term. Uh, <laughs> and she runs stuff by me because I've had experience in the business world, um, mm-hmm. both business and personal. And she lives in your neck of the woods, San Francisco, um, so it's lovely to see her uh, blossom and, uh, you know, she's on her own, on her own journey. I give her a lot of space. Yes. She came with me to India on the pilgrimage, uh, extremely helpful, mm. um, kind of like you, Christina, she's very organized with big heart. Both. Yeah. I love you know? that. 
Tell us a little bit more. You know, you and I had a little conversation in our intake call around um, what I do in coaching circles around the real, R-E-A-L, heroic journey, which breaks things into four steps. And then what you've talked about into the hero's journey with Hindu and Buddhist archetypes. And I'm going to bring this up on the screen. And I know for our listeners, you can't see it, but this will help um, Manoj as you walk through this potentially. And then I will put this out on our online resource hub uh, as our yes. gift from the show, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Can cool. you walk us through this a little bit? Like, how do you tell us a little bit more about what this says? Yeah. First of all, this, uh, you know, is for everyone. Uh, there's no proprietary nature to it. This was collective wisdom, an outcome of a workshop we did. So when you look at the right, the first quadrant on the right, uh, on the top is a, you know, what I call the Kali moment, where, you know, we're conditioned in life to want the house, the two-car garage, the dog, the pickup, the relationship. And, you know, nobody ever rides into the sunset happy forever. So we get a, you know, what I call a Kali moment, uh, a moments, right? Many, many Kali moments or a major one where your life gets... uh, you know, thrown apart. Uh, you make all these plans and uh, God laughs, right? <laughs> and uh, so that's when you have a choice. Uh, you get uh, all these calls to adventure. You have all these synchronicities and signs. Uh, many times we ignore them. And even now, most people ignore them and they numb themselves out through, you know, sports or bars or, you know, not really looking within yeah. Uh, as to who are they, who am I, what is this world, what's my role in this world, and what is God, okay? These are four perennial questions in philosophy. and uh, But some of us, uh, you know, cross a threshold uh, into taking a dive into the unconscious, uh, what I call kayaking the unconscious, and really, uh, for that, you need uh, perhaps uh, a wise person, uh, like a mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ganesh is an amazing threshold guardian for new beginnings, the deity, the elephant deity. Uh, the other one in today's times, uh, that was an outcome of my workshop I had a few weeks ago. Uh, the young people, a lot of them are getting into the spiritual journey because of uh, an experience with uh, plant medicine, mm. be it, uh, you know, microdosing of LSD or mushrooms or even ayahuasca. So they see the potential as to what's there. So, and then we get into the second quadrant where... Uh, you know, uh, Buddha is inspiring, right? The guy walked away. He was a Hindu prince. He walked away and realized the self. Uh, Durga is a good one. The Hindu deity, she rides on a lion or a tiger. But that's really uh, what it represents is working on a shadow. Okay, mm-hmm. The shadow is a, a big one. We don't look in the mirror every day and say, I'm going to do the same stupid thing. But guess what? By the end of the day, you end up doing the same stupid thing. Why is that? The shadows control us. They control our behavior. 
Now you can have positive and negative shadows, both. Okay, not every shadow is negative. So the spiritual journey is a positive shadow. Kirtan is a positive shadow. And then uh, it's not really sequential. It sounds sequential, but it's a, it's a bell curve. You know, every quadrant bleeds into the other. Mm-hmm. And then you go through a turning point where you're kind of feeling the, you start to feel the possibilities. Uh, like you're going from dopamine to serotonin, right? Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that gives you the joy. Uh, like I get a lot of dopamine when I play pickleball. Mm-hmm. But serotonin is a group uh, neurotransmitter. Uh, you start to enjoy like being in a group, helping people, let them help you. It's a hugging hormone, right? The love, bow hormone. So that's the third quadrant where you start to emerge from the mud. You see the possibilities. Hanuman is a very good one for service. And then a Lakshmi is an amazing one for emerging from the mud, blossoming, also perhaps building community. You know, you start to, uh, if you choose to, you want to have a community. And the Lakshmi energy is actually the one of abundance to build a community where your people are so drawn to you. Your community becomes your family. Mm-hmm. And then uh, perhaps a relationship, uh, that's Krishna Radha. You want uh, a mate who's spiritually compatible, uh, but it can also be a friend. You know, it can be even a, a you know, sibling. It can be son, daughter, not always a romantic relationship. Uh, that's actually the biggest challenge I find in America. Mm-hmm. The uh, relationship archetype, uh, even people who are well in the spiritual journey, uh, it's extremely difficult to find a you know compatible relationship that lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that as a huge issue, and we can talk about that if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But in the fourth quadrant, it's like uh, the Plato's cave uh, allegory where the hero or the heroine goes back to serve and you know a realization can happen there that there is no you Mm -hmm. it's only uh, consciousness that is reflecting in every each one of us it's like indra's net in in hinduism the vedas there's a concept called indra's net where each one of us is like nodes of consciousness and we reflect each other Mm -hmm. like uh, you know drops in a in a spider web, you know. So we're all connected in a spider web. We reflect each other. And in the fourth quarter in the hero's journey, it could be Saraswati, Vishnu, Krishna. It could be Lord Jesus Christ. It could be Green Tara, where we, there's a tendency to, uh, to serve and realize it's not about you. There's no hero in the hero's journey. So, it's a very beautiful journey and it never ends because you don't start, you don't end where you start. It's a spiral. You always keep growing. Yeah. Thank you so much for walking us through that. My The key question that comes to mind is when you talked about the threshold, when you brought up Ganesh, um, 
one of the things that you said earlier in the podcast is, um, you know, rough waters are what kind of help make a skilled sailor. So in the partnership that we might have with a wise sage or with an ability for somebody to help show us the light or show us the way, is that what you see as what happens as we move from conscious to unconscious? Could you say a little more about that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So there's different, uh, you know, kinds of sages. Um, Mm. I especially like the Japanese definition of sensei. Mm. somebody who has walked the path before. So it's not uh, like theoretical, it's experiential, right? You have had those experiences. I personally resonate with uh, a sage who's a friend. Mm -hmm. The friend archetype uh, is called Sakya Bhava, S-A-K-H-Y-A and Bhava. So that's who like Krishna was. He was like a friend to Arjuna. He was the charioteer to like the original Uber driver. And, uh, you know, so that's really my, my approach is I, you know, I'm more friends with everyone. Uh, Yes. I think, uh, and also humor, again, my opinion, it breaks down barriers Mm -hmm. because if you download any philosophy, uh, there's resistance if you're not mm. in that mode of thinking. Mm-hmm. But if you have employ humor, it can put you on a metacognitive state where yes. meta stepping back, right? So you're, uh, you're able to uh, be in a better position of, uh, you know, embracing the teachings, uh, and there's a lot of anxiety in the world uh, right now, what I call free-floating anxiety. Um, even before COVID, but COVID has put it on steroids. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, chat GPT will never replace us because it do- really doesn't have empathy, okay? You've got to connect with people heart-to-heart, eye-to-eye, uh, so the wise sage, uh, you know, there are uh, tools the sage can use mm-hmm. to kind of get the message across. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools, uh, my opinion, should be humor, you know. I love that. You actually do such a wonderful job of, I would say, walking that line where humor is opening the door. And that I think then assists, like you said, the metacognition, like there's a there's a relatability that happens. And then the accessibility of the lessons and the teachings just seems to be that much more. um, I don't know. There's a readiness. Maybe that's what happens. There's almost like a permission that's granted when you open that door. It's pretty remarkable. And I see why humor, I had mentioned to a friend recently, I think comedians are going to lead us into this age of awakening and enlightenment. I'm just seeing it across the board. Look at the Netflix specials. And some of the most popular, right? Whether or not it's Chris Rock or Joe Coy or what have you, Chelsea Handler, there's so many good people that are out there kind of looking at where we are in this world and questioning, is this really what we want to be? I think it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, the uh, court jester never gets shot during a uh, change in uh, King. Yes. Uh, 
there's always a but i'm talking about like more humor with a spiritual message right yeah so in vedanta or non dual philosophy we often talk about witnessing consciousness like taking on the role of a witness and not getting enmeshed into the anxiety the other person's anxiety or saying something uh, inappropriate right because everyone's getting triggered and cancelled these days i can't get cancelled because i'm not on social media what to <laughs> what yeah? to do <laughs> yeah i've never done that so humor is pretty powerful i'll give you a quick anecdote if you have the time please let's do i just for people to remember this because the the teaching is when something gets overwhelming uh, somebody cuts you off or says something inappropriate or the boss is uh, you know rude to you at work uh, if you tell yourself a simple phrase isn't this interesting mm-hmm. you know it puts you in a metacognitive it's like you know you become more the observer so i was teaching many years ago in a workshop in vermont in this really fancy resort called manchester the town green mountains and uh, right next to the yoga studio where i was teaching there's a fancy hotel equinox mm-hmm. and like 500 bucks a night you know so i'm wearing my hippie t-shirt and <laughs> gazing outside the hotel in during a break as to why is it so damn expensive 500 bucks a night right and a guy pulls up in a limousine a guy in a well-dressed suit he looks at me and he says jose carry my bags so immediately the thoughts keep going in right the dude right. is mistaking me for a uh, you know uh, a mexican mhm a bellhop and and a mexican guy and uh, i could go down the rabbit hole of cultural misappropriation but i just told myself isn't this interesting okay and it's like a spiritual improv you want to like carry on right so uh, i did carry his bags and he gave me 100 bucks <laughs> <laughs> so who's laughing now right <laughs> so did i get triggered no uh, did i really want to teach him a lesson no uh, he probably made a honest mistake something inappropriate but that's his world you know it's his world view um, we uh, there's too much of that going on uh, you know uh, what i call uh, you know that's old new rabbit hole postmodernism nihilism i'm more into the 60s the the woodstock the young the collective unconscious the love so we're trying to bring the hippie back you know yeah, not too much it's important um i'm wondering if though there is a balance of um you know if we don't if we don't say something when we see something then oftentimes there's a little bit of acknowledgement that the same patterns can continue and so what is that balance between i th- i think what you mentioned was you consciously made an action to not be triggered and to carry the bags you could have consciously also made a different action so what are your thoughts about our internal work it really is the more of the emotional regulation and then conscious choice about what we do going forward or right. what are your thoughts on that well first of all uh, like do we really want to change people uh, if they're not open to it okay mm-hmm. that's one my thought the 
the the second is uh, you know we all have uh, we're not a melting pot okay uh, we're a salad bowl some of us are broccoli that's okay uh, <laughs> some of us are kale some of us yeah. are carrots right <laughs> it's all good <laughs> it's all good but deep underneath is the one consciousness Mm-hmm. so if you operate from the dual perspective that the broccoli kale carrots are acting out their conditioning okay mm-hmm. everyone uh, you know the conditionings uh, the subconscious is like 90% of the mind and we're operating from the 90% largely so we're like moist robots so a certain uh, you know some kind of a compassion can come in yeah it's is it really anybody's fault okay um at the same time uh, you know you want to draw boundaries so i just carried his bags i got the 100 bucks I, i'm a capitalist guy and <laughs> I, i did not linger with him trying to have a conversation then he'll go back and forth yeah who knows how he'll react right he might apologize or he might say you know you look like a bellhop you know yeah, yeah. who knows but did i uh, want to engage in that no i i wouldn't use the word i walk away but i'm i've learned over the years to draw boundaries yeah that's more important than walking away to me boundaries important and knowing who you care to spend your time and energy with knowing who feels like toxic energy and who maybe feels like they lift you and are with you and also realizing we're all learning and growing as well right that condition so is so powerful you raise a really good point uh, christina and i'm going to give you my viewpoint and i'm going to ask you that same question so sometimes you do encounter people who are what i call energy vampires right mm-hmm. so they you just know right anyone who doesn't elevate your energy right mm-hmm. uh, you and i we elevate each other's energy and that's so i love about you uh, you're 100%. so uplifting and positive you might feel down but you elevate me and vice versa so my approach has been uh, not to like severe the relationship but to kind of draw boundaries mm-hmm. you know i could learn to perhaps severe but that's not who i am i'm 61 it's a little harder to do that when i my whole life i've been that way but i prefer to hang out with people who where there's an energy of increase mm-hmm. right there has to be an energy of increase so i want to throw it back right back at you how would you deal with such people i also agree a boundaries are really important i also and maybe this is our full circle moment back to international women's day there's something inside of me and i don't know if this is a nurturing quality that brings the quote from maya angelo is what comes back to me when we know better we do better so if i'm able to work on myself and educate myself and be really curious and interested and inclusive then maybe i will do something different i will go out on a limb i might do something that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery because it may be sticking my neck out but if i feel it's for the greater good 
then that is, I think, where those boundaries sometimes are very permeable and it needs to have conscious thought in terms of what we're able to do when we move forward. I think that's a great uh, insight. Uh, and I think it's case to case. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to honor Women's Day, it's uh, the odds are higher. The barriers are higher. Like even like, you know, if a 400-pound guy sits right next to me, uh, there's a little intimidation just from the size. There's a patriarchy throughout history. Um, so the barriers are higher. And I learned it more hanging out with Janita. Mm -hmm. Women have to uh, perhaps have a lower tone pitch in meetings. Um, and all that is disappearing, but it's still there. So... I can learn a lot. We can all learn a lot from Shakti, you know. Yeah, we can all learn a lot from one another. Like you said, the whole skilled sailor and then the whole thought that a rising tide lifts all ships. Like yes. if we just really come back to that, that's what we're all here to do, to learn and grow together. Absolutely. And we're like, uh, you know, uh, these little, little islands. I know you have your island, I have my island. And whoever we influence in our world, uh, that increases. Yes, you know, so we're all doing up. Yeah. So as we draw a close to the podcast, what I want to first of all ask is how can our listeners know more about what you're doing? We'll certainly put things in the show notes, but what are you up to and how can we best support you? Thank you. Um, so I do a lot of workshops and retreats. Now I'm more ashram home. You are all invited. Uh, I've never had a website, nor social media all these years. Last year, my partner, Kurt, made a website so we could put our workshops and India pilgrimage information. So the website is in the show notes. I, if I say it, you're not going to remember it. It's a long word, murtisandvedantam.com. Uh, probably the best way for anyone to connect with me and find out what I'm doing is send me an email. Uh and my email is mikechalam at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the website and there's a contact me section. What I will do is I will send you a long document on all the deities, the symbols, the mantras, how they appear in your hero's journey. And when I send that email, Kurt will include you in the email list of our next event. Our emails go out infrequently, not like every day, probably every month or every other month. So you will know. Um, and the pilgrimage, uh, that is on the cards. I'm leading a trip to India in November. Mm -hmm. And that's a BFD. Yeah, BFD is a Biden mantra. Yeah. Uh, so you will get information on that. A lot of people have, uh, you know, I did one last year. Last December, I had like 33 people come and uh, some of the experiences, uh, you know, it's like collective healing mm -hmm. where when one person heals in the group, the entire person heals. Okay, that's what is called in Sanskrit mudita or the German word Freud and Freud, where you take joy in other people's joy, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to schadenfreude, which is the other way around. So. I that's a big part of the collective hero's journey. So that's the best way to reach me. 
Okay, that's wonderful. You know, it brings up, uh, I was listening to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights recently, and uh, there was a quote in there. He said, travel and humanity have been my greatest educators. And I look at that and I find that that is the greatest truth. Like as we get out of our environment, out of our comfort zone, especially if we're on a pilgrimage of sorts, there's so much beauty that just comes in and, and it's so unplanned. It's phenomenal. It's I love that. Um, or, you know, there's a tendency to over plan living here, but when you go to India, it forces you not to plan too much. I find that going to Central America and like some of these places, Africa, like you name it. It's like, yeah, you thought you had a plan. Uh, We got something else for you. There's the cosmic joke, right? Absolutely. I'm going to end it with some collective questions. As you may recall, this is what we do on each of our podcasts, just quick lightning fire kind of mode. And um, I'm just curiously curious right now, what Manoj are you currently reading or watching? Chat GPT, AI influence on society. Awesome. Are you doing so from the founder of ChatGPT? Are you listening to things from him or are you reading certain books? Uh, More different applications of ChatGPT. Awesome. Great. Thank you. When you think about if you had an opportunity to have dinner and engage in dialogue with anyone past or present, who would it be? That would be Jyoti. Yeah. (laughs) What would you have for dinner? We would have uh, like a South Indian meal, uh, you know, she, she would make a great dosa, yeah, chutney and sambar. And she loved tomato. So her favorite chutney was tomato. Oh, I love that. Next time we see each other, we'll go have some dosa together. Yeah. yeah. In honor of Jyoti. Yes. Um, what do you find are the practices that you do or say to yourself when challenges arise, when shadow comes up and you are finding yourself in that human form? What inspires you? I talk to people who are positive. Mm. That includes Janita. You know, she's my wise person in the hero's journey. The hero's journey can be every day. It doesn't have to be a momentous lifetime. So, you know, when I talk to someone wise, it uh, pulls me out of that challenge, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Final question. What are you most grateful for today? I'm grateful that uh, we're actually living in California. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful state. I know there's some knocks against it, but there's an optimism I sense everywhere I go that can never be taken away. Yeah, I love that. And for those that don't aren't aware, when you talked about your ashram, it's in San Diego. So for those that want to make the journey US wise to San Diego, that's where we can find I would love to see you. Yes. Great. I would love to see you too, Christina. I know. I want to get back down there. One of these days we will make it happen. Or when you're coming up here to see Janita, let's make a point of your aunt still lives there here, right? Yes, yes. So Oh, thank you. Thank you, Manoj. Grateful for you. Grateful for your energy. Grateful for where you are in your journey, coming back to the collective to see how much power there is in the we over the I. Thank you. Absolutely. And you know what? It felt like a few minutes of conversation. That's how much fun we had. Yes. 
Thank you for tuning in to another impactful conversation here on the Real Eyes Realize podcast. We hope you take some time to let the wisdom of these stories that are shared here today sink in. And we welcome you to engage with us on our social channels, realeyes.love on Instagram or Facebook. We also have links in our show notes to our guests, and we invite you to visit our website, realeyes.love. Here you will find an online resource hub, and this is where we offer gifts from our guests to all of our listeners. These resources can help all of us create our own positive ripple effects, actualizing love in this world. If you have any other individuals you would like us to interview, please do let us know. We love hearing your ideas for compelling stories to share. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for doing all that you do in the name of love and service in our world. Be true, be bold, be real. And thank you for listening.